Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. We welcome you to today's show. Well, welcome to episode nine. 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 We've... Uh, just been chalking them up which has been amazing it's been a great journey mm. been great to have people's feedback and uh, uh, family and friends saying how cute we are and uh, how gorgeous we're coming across with our vocal uh, chords oh is that what they've been saying to you oh, i haven't been saying that to me <laughs> maybe just people are nicer to to me than oh. you oh. hey but we're we're gonna be talking today about uh simplifying ministry yeah and we've been on this journey for some time uh we really started a couple of years ago when we had the local salvation army guy uh talk and uh he basically said when he came into a new church the first thing he did was to uh to really look at what was uh of the gospel and what wasn't and to start shutting down all his ministries which just blew my mind totally away and so we've been traveling with this whole idea of simplifying for a while Geordie haven't we and uh, we haven't been as hardcore as maybe <laughs> what the salvo guy was but there's there's some merit and there's some uh, real wisdom in uh, trying to not do too much mm. but to really focus uh, on doing well uh, what God's calling you to do yeah, because uh, it, when you think about it, ministry seems to just continually get more and more demanding if you let it. That the more you open up your calendar, the more your calendar gets filled, the more you embrace people's ideas, the more time you seem to not have. Um, and if, you, you know, if you're not careful, you start losing any free time whatsoever. You know, as a, as a pastor, as a leader, um, you don't have any evenings off anymore because you're filled with every single little mm. thing. Um, and that's a danger because we're not called to work that much. And there is a bit of a, you, know, you could almost call it a bit of an epidemic of, of pastors and leaders overworking and then burning out. Mm. And whether that's, that's what God is calling them to, well, I don't think it is. Or whether that's the enemy working in their life, stressing them, saying you need to work harder and harder until you fizzle and pop. And I think we need to be careful as leaders to use our time well, to use the energy and the capacity that we have to work on things that are focused rather than on everything. And I've always had this idea in my head that I want to do a few things really well versus doing a lot of things averagely. I don't want to be an average leader. You're listening to this podcast. You don't want to be an average leader. We want to be incredibly effective in what we do. So we need to look at what are we doing? How much time are we spending on it? And is it focused on what is our calling in our ministry, in our culture, in our local town that's right i mean if you're a um if you're a senior pastor or the main minister of your church and it's just you there are certain things that you can't get away from (laughs) i mean there's management meetings property meetings there's uh, leadership meetings that are just a part of the church and and uh, you can't necessarily get rid of those you can try and refine them help them become more efficient with their time and i've met some ministers who are really gun ho this meeting should only take 30 minutes i'm in out and away <laughs> they go uh, i'm not uh that uh, full-on when it comes to that so there are some meetings that you just can't do away with i remember when i came to gula though that i had a, a mission that i wanted every church meeting to happen on one night of the week 
So for me, it was Tuesday night. So if there was ever a, a meeting that was structural within the life of the church, mm. always happened on a Tuesday night. And that left me every other night of the week uh, to work on ministry and doing other things. Now, I've got to say that I haven't been able to uphold that all <laughs> the way through. But in most cases, all my, all my structural meetings happen during the day or happen on a Tuesday night. What, what a great start to simplify ministry. A golden tip, try your very best, if at all possible, to do your monthly meetings on the same night so that you're only out one night a week for those crucial yeah, meetings. Your, your family can plan around it then. They, they know uh, most of the time that night's just written off. It's booked, yeah. But you've got other nights in the week and I like to go and play basketball. So that's one of the nights of the week out that I'm not doing ministry. Uh, I need to run. Uh, like I just, I don't want to run. I need to run, so I go and play sport, and that's a part of my my health. But yeah. if you're locked into meetings or or doing things within the life of the church every night of the week, uh, then you just don't have time for your family. You don't have time to uh, to talk to your neighbour who God might be bringing alongside of you, so that you can bring them to Christ. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so it's a really important thing to do. And I think a lot of ministers think that they have to be busy. Mm. Um, sure enough, the role makes you busy enough as it is, but yeah. um, there are some ministers who find their identity and their, and, their, um, and their purpose in their busyness, not in the fruit of the ministry and what God's doing. Yeah, with definitely, definitely. We, we uh, tap in every year to the Global Leadership Summit. And Bill Hybels, um, pastor of um, Willow Creek, that's the one. Um, shared, and he has always has great wisdom every year. But he talked about how he got so busy that he was running from meeting to meeting, and he didn't even have time to talk to the volunteer washing his church windows. And I thought that that's kind of what it can get to: is you can get so busy doing what God wants you to do that you miss the conversations that God wants you to have. And as a pastor, if you're running from one meeting to the next, jumping in the car, not looking at the people around you you're not going to be as effective in the town and in the place that you are. So we need to look at that. And I think there has been a bit of a, a glorification of the busy leader. But I think I want to be, you know, if, if I want to be known as anything, I want to be an effective leader. Mm. And I don't think busy and effective actually go hand in hand as much as we think they do. I want to be effective, which might mean I need to have a day off. And I'll take it when That's I right. need it. That's right. And and sometimes when you're just, you know, you're just going from one thing to another. And I have days like that uh, where the day just uh, people book in meetings and I squeeze people in depending on the crisis as that is happening. But you don't get time to, to listen to the spirit mm. and what the spirit might be doing. Now, I've had times where I've been in my office and, and the spirit goes, Barry, go for a walk down the street. I have no idea why <laughs> I want to go for a walk down the road. But if I am chock-a-block from why to go, yeah. uh, how can I do I'd like to tell you a great story about when the spirit has told me to go down and walk down the street and something amazing happened. It hasn't happened, yeah. so I can't share it with you. <laughs> but I know that my job is to be obedient with the Spirit, not to look for the outcome. And so if the Spirit yeah. says, Barry, go for a walk down the street, who knows why mm. I need to do it. I just need to do it because God asked me to do it. Certainly. But if you're chock a block and you go, well, I feel the Spirit saying I've got to go for a walk down the street, but I've got another three meetings, it's really hard to do. Yeah, And, and for me as a young, easily excitable uh, person, who just wants to go all in. I'm the all in kind of guy. Someone gives me an idea. I'm not going to half do it, which also means why I'm so unfit because I'm not going to half 
have a go at my fitness. I'm going to go all yeah, it's in. It's just an excuse, or, man. Or not. No, 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 no. You just won't be chin, fella. That is just an excuse. <laughs> I tried to squeeze it in. It's legit if it's in a podcast. <laughs> if your fiance is listening to this, she's not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. It's not working. I've been called out. But in all honesty, um, I'm an all-in kind of guy. Um, and the danger with that is, and I've had this many a times on my journey in, in ministry, whether it's just doing a youth group or whether that's being a pastor of a church, is you get really tired really quick. And if you're not in tune with what your body is saying to you, you can spiral down really quick and a bad day becomes a bad week and a bad week becomes a bad sermon and a bad sermon can trickle on. Um, and we need to be careful as leaders that we want to be productive. We don't need to be busy. Mm. So we need to be smart with our time. And to be honest, there's nothing um, I think worse than rocking up to a meeting and being there well done, but not being prepared for the meeting. So you're unorganized, you're fluttering around with your notes, you're not clear and concise. It doesn't matter how busy your day is. If you're not productive and efficient and organized, then really you're failing as a leader. You're not putting your best foot forward. And you do set the culture. And so as a leader, if you come across as always being busy and you communicate that you're busy, then the church will have a culture of busyness. And we've just done a couple of weeks on cultures, but... Uh, the culture of busyness is not a, a, a great one either. Um, but, uh, but just as you can be busy as a, a leader, your church can be busy just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that can't always be productive. Now, sometimes there's legacy things <laughs> yeah. that have been going for 130 years. And nobody, you know, people enjoy it, but it's not necessarily a fruitful ministry. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to have the conversation with people to say, uh, is this still worth going on? Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment in our church, for instance, uh, you know, the, the staff said to me, Barry, I, th- I think as a church, for the resources we have, we're starting to become too busy. Mm. And so we've been working with church council how that we can then do a review of ministry mm. within the life of our church to see what can drop off and uh, what can be maintained yeah. and that's a that's going to be a long process that's not going to be easy to do but um, uh, making sure that we're not sustaining things all the time yeah. that need to be sustained is a really important uh, way forward and you've got to adjust that with the capacity of your church so for instance Gawler where, where you are there are you've got hundreds of people to work with which is why you have um, 10 to 15 sometimes weekly groups that are meeting in the church outside the church um, but in Malala, not so many, but there's still the same kind of issue that's at play sometimes. You need to be careful. Let's not do too much that we burn ourselves out. Let's do things that are focused. And I think that can be something that can speak to um, small church pastors versus medium, large and extra large and jumbo sized church mm-hmm. pastors. Um, but we've got to be careful because like we've discussed before, there is limited energy in every church has limited finance and is limited time. And there's always going to be limited volunteers and leaders to actually execute all the things you want to do. Uh, and a phrase that I've heard uh, time and time again is, is why don't churches just find the few things that they're good at and try and excel at it versus trying to do everything and do it averagely. And I think that as leaders, we need to be careful of that, that we want to make sure as a church that we're doing the things that truly align with the mission and vision that we have as a church. And then there's that hard question, what do you do with the groups that aren't, that are there? They're not really hurting anyone, but they're there 
they are sapping energy though. They are sapping time and 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 resource space and a slot and, on the calendar. And maybe the people in them love it and cherish the group yeah. for what it's done over maybe many years. What do you what do you do? So Barry, uh, in all your wisdom, what would uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw it at you? What, what do you do with that? Because we, in reality, the group has to stop or at least needs to stop uh, sapping as much energy out of the church. What do you do? Well, I think it's the, it's the, it's the power of the good question comes mm. into thing as a leader here. And, and so what you need to do, and that's just why we're having the review here, yeah. is we need to sit down and, and ask uh, really good questions about the group. Yeah. And, and is it falling in line with the mission and the vision? Mm. Is it uh, sustainable? Is there still energy within the life of the group? Are people coming to faith within the life of yeah. the group? And as you ask those questions of the group and of the leadership, uh, then there's a self-revelation, I think, that starts to happen a little bit there. And, and then you might be able to go, you know what? Uh, we've got a choice here. We've either got to tweak it in line with the uh, vision and mission of the church mm. or we've got to consider um, letting it die and letting something new be born again the problem with the bit why we get so busy with the church is because we we don't realize that we're in a death and resurrection religion mm. and we think that anything that we we birth we've got to keep on going and yeah, sustaining wow. forever and ever and ever mm. Instead of realizing that everything has its season, mm. that sometimes it dies, and, and the best thing we can do is let something die so something new can be resurrected or born uh, mm. again into uh, the life of the church. And so um, for me, it's, it's this way. Uh, many years ago, I read a, read a little book called Liquid Church, which was a, a fantastic book. And if you haven't read it, then... Yeah, and it was basically I've re-summarized it in my own <laughs> way um, to talk about the fact that they talked about their their structured church and then there's liquid church. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so one is about fulfilling positions, and one is about fulfilling ministry, and that spoke hugely to me about twenty years ago when I read it. Mm. Uh, that our job is not to try and find people to fill positions within the life of the church but it's about discipling people seeing where their gifts are and then releasing them into the gifts because you'll yeah. get far more energy in it that way but what we find ourselves doing is that when we're down a couple of children's ministry teachers mm. instead of letting the children's ministry conclude yeah we try and find more teachers to up the children's ministry Mm. And, uh, and for instance, we've got a, a kids camp out coming out in a couple of months time. Uh, I put a call out to say, look, we normally go, we want a coordinator. If we don't get a coordinator, this church ain't going. Yeah. Like, and, and so some parents might get up and go, well, this is a major children's ministry. Well, you didn't step forward. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and that might um, hold some resentment in people, but what it would do is either say this is an important part of the ministry of the church or it's not. Mm. And if it's not, then let's let it die. Let's never go to KCO again. But if it is, let there be born some new leadership that is prepared to take the children on this wonderful weekend. And I value it highly, mm. but I don't value trying to uh, fit people into roles to make it happen. And when you fit people in the roles, you don't normally get the best leaders, you get the most available leaders, That's which right. aren't normally gonna be the best ones that you need as well. It's just so interesting how that happens, that you, we try and um, keep a, a ministry group on life support, just keep it going one more day, one more week, you know? 
But in fact, one thing I have learned is that when God's in something, there's always enough people. Mm. Then when God's like, do this, I'm like, okay, God, people come. And when God's not, people kind of drop off a little bit and it gives you a bit of a sign. Now, I've been reading a book um, only recently uh, called, uh, oh, and no, I've just forgotten it. It's Lasting Impact. I had it on my phone <laughs> just so I didn't forget. Uh, Lasting Impact. Um, it's, it's titled Seven Conversations to, to Talk About um, Leadership Within the Church. It's done by Kerry Newhoff. I'm plugging in because I went to a pastor's day last week. And I found it really insightful. There's one section in there that I thought would be fun to discuss. It was talking about volunteers. And the question was, why can't we have enough volunteers to serve the church the way we need it to? And one of the thoughts that he brought up was was because no one ever puts a time frame on volunteering and serving. Hmm. And and I kind of resonated with that. I thought, no, they don't. When, When I asked someone, would you be willing to step onto the sound and projection team for Sunday evening service? I never tell them that that's only for a season. I never tell them it might only be for a year or for six months. All I'm communicating is, I need you on the team. And their response, which I think is a natural response, is, oh, that's a full-on commitment for a long period of time. That's right. And I'm always surprised then, which I now shouldn't be, of why people don't jump on board as much as I once thought. So I wonder what it would look like if we started giving time frames to things. And, and because one thing he mentioned in the book is you'll always be surprised then when you give people the out, the opportunity to step out after a period of time, that they actually want to continue on because they haven't felt pressured to. Mm. And I think that's huge, is we don't give people the opportunity to step out of things. So when it comes to ministry groups that you're already that are already established and have been there for as long as the building has kind of thing, I think it's an important conversation to have, like you mentioned, to sit down, ask the hard conversations and the good com- good questions good questions yeah. um but also to give them the opportunity to say and if you would like to stop you're allowed to stop now i'm just dreaming here geordie mm. um to this is dangerous out. i love it <laughs> it is <laughs> but, but just imagine a church where every year every ministry was reviewed yeah well like every ministry only had a 12 month time scale on mm. it and, and in the month of January, or because we're in Australia, <laughs> that's summer, um, we, we stop and go, will this, will we renew the subscription for this ministry yeah, yeah. for another 11 months? Like you do with the NBA. You renew it every year, you renew every ministry. How good is the NBA <laughs> subscription package? But, um, uh, you know, imagine if we ran a church that way. Now, some people would say, well, that's really legalistic. But... It just gives permission for everyone to say, I don't have to redo this group every year. Now, I know some groups, uh, churches in the States, that's what they do with their small groups. Mm. They disband them every year yeah, well. and then they redo it so people get a chance to reconnect with or connect with different people. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Um, and they can go into different depths of um, their small group mm. and you know they might want to go to a more biblical style of really getting involved with however it is. But um, to me, that's really attractive. Yeah, yeah. To be able to say, okay, everything has a time limit. Let's put it on. If you're volunteering for Sound Desk, you only volunteer for a year. Now you can resubscribe to volunteer <laughs> yeah. uh, for the following year, but only for that to. period. You don't have yeah. to. Mind but, you, I, I mean, I'm hearing pastors' voices saying that, Barry, that's great, but to do that every year is a lot of work. It is. But in fact, I'm just thinking, even in myself, as I dream with you with this, mm. that imagine the energy release that happens when someone comes after me and says, and I'm done, I'm gonna leave that group. You have freed that person up, you've freed that location up, you've freed up so much stuff through giving people the opportunity to out. 
but also you give people the ability to recommit to things and say, actually, I want to continue. Yeah, and I'm they, all in. Yeah. And they actually grow deeper in the position because they've chosen every year they've been given the opportunity, yes or no. And saying yes, year after year after year, builds this ownership, mm-hmm. builds commitment, builds, I think, a really healthy culture within churches. Um, in the same book, uh, Lasting Impact, he mentioned the Elevation Church, church that I love and that you love subscribing to as well every six months has a one-on-one conversation with every volunteer within their church. Not even a part of the group, just one-on-one. You're a volunteer, I'm a church leader, let's discuss how that's going for wow, you. Wow, that's huge, because they're a massive church. They're, they're a monster church. I don't think it's Stephen Furtick, lead pastor, sitting down with every <laughs> volunteer think, at all, you know, but, but wow. Yeah, I think it might be small group leaders. And what we're seeing though, is that even the big churches are saying, we have to talk and regularly communicate with our volunteers, with our group leaders and checking in, are they okay? Do they want to continue or not? And I think that simplifies ministry mm. and allows people to grow in their level of leadership by saying yes every year and bailing out when it gets time to finish something. And then you'll find a church free, open, more liquid to do what it wants to do next yeah. versus having a hundred different groups, all the leaders are burnt out and none of them are fulfilling the mission and call of the church. Um, I think that's crucial. Mm. So, uh, well, we come to the end. That was twenty minutes, and that was that was just going like time lightning. flies when you dream. Oh, uh, look! <laughs> what, watch out, powerful gardens. That's all I can say. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see see how that goes. But the, I'm sure there's flaws to the concept. But gee, it yeah. sounds attractive mm. uh, in lots of ways. Well, we hope that. Um, that you will uh, put into practice, maybe looking at how you simplify your ministries mm. and how you simplify your life. Uh, so you can smell the roses, so you can see what the Spirit is wanting to do yeah. and what is going. So we trust that this uh, episode has been helpful to you and we'll uh, catch you again next time. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church podcast, where we seek to be a help to the everyday church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net. And you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.